Good morning. My name is Caden Walker, and I am one of the worship interns here at Marion Methodist. I'm going to start us off by reading our scripture for today, which comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verse 1. And it reads, After this, the word of God, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given, no, given me no children. A servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Our next verse comes from chapter 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised to him. Abraham gave, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son that Sarah bore him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now will you please bow your heads in prayer with me. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you that even on days like this, when the roads are bad and we have COVID all around us, that we can still meet together in fellowship and worship together. I thank you for Kelsey. We all know you've been working through her, and I pray for her this morning as she prepares for her sermon, that you will work through her and use her as a vessel so that the words that she speaks will not be her own, but your words coming through her. I pray that its message and, and the gospel will be soaked into the hearts of the congregation and that they will further their relationship with you, Lord. I, I, pray, I pray that you will bless Kelsey's heart, guard her mind, and minister to her heart. And in your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Marian Methodist. My name is Kelsey DeRoos, the Director of Youth and Technology here. It is a beautiful, cold morning. Uh, I'm glad you guys all braved it out. Um, in light of the announcement, the recent announcement from Kim, Governor Kim Reynolds um, about the lessening of masks and social distancing, we want to let you know here at Marion Methodist, we are still going to heavily encourage that you wear masks, not only to protect yourself, but to protect those around you who are increasingly vulnerable to this disease. Um, and we also want to encourage you, please, to physical distance. Um, not social distance, because we still want to love on one another. Sometimes it's from the distance. But we are encouraging you to please still continue to wear masks and to physically distance. In light of that, in loving one another, um, the preaching team here a couple weeks ago uh, in the new year decided we wanted you to preach from the seats. So... In the midst of our crowdsourcing uh, series, last week we started talking about prayer, and we had our first question, and now we have our second question that y'all asks about prayer. Your question, what should my expectations of prayer be? Fair question. What should my expectations of prayer be? Prayer is powerful. That is undeniable. There is so many instances in the Bible that prayer is so powerful. Prayer is the way we connect with God. However, sometimes we pray and it feels like it falls flat or question if we're praying the right way or are we doing it wrong or what's going on. Knowing what the Bible says about prayer 
and what we should expect can strengthen our prayer lives. So today, I'm going to sum it up in three, three expectations from prayer. But first, we need to look at the scripture from today, the story of Abraham, to find these expectations. You can see in the scripture that Caden just wonderfully read for us, we hear about a man who's Abram. God gave him a prophecy of being the man he was always supposed to be, and he became Abraham. And when we first hear about him in verse 16, when Caden read, he was old, like older than you think a man who's supposed to bear children old. He's 75 years old. 75. He, I mean, he's given up on having children by now. Um, and he lost all hopes. He's been praying for a child to inherit his estate. And he's been praying for a long time. And then God comes and says, no way. I'm going to give you a son. And even more so, your descendants are going to be as many as the stars in the sky. Abraham believed the Lord. I mean, God's speaking right to you. And he believed what the Lord had said. God promised him a son. God was finally going to give him the thing that he had been praying for for a long, long time, way before he turned 75. Then Caden continued in chapter 21, and Isaac was born. Abraham was now 100, but he had a son. And that leads us to our first expectation that many of us are bad at. You are going to have to wait. That is the first expectation of prayer. You're going to have to wait. Prayer does not always bring answers immediately. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you do get answers in the same day of a a prayer that you're praying to God. If we look at many biblical examples, however, oftentimes we have to wait. And even a lot of times in our personal prayer, we have to wait a few days, a few months, and in some cases years. Hopefully not 25 plus, but look at Abram. He had been praying for a child for so long, so long before he was even 75 years old. He'd been praying. And then 25 years later, after God told him what was going to happen, he had a kid. So 25 years plus of waiting. How many of you have the patience to wait 25 years for an answered prayer? 25 years. I think about all the prayers that I've prayed in my life, all the things that I've brought to God on my knees and and brought before him. And I think, would I have had the patience and the faith to wait on God? Brinley is my five-year-old daughter, and uh, she is in preschool this year, uh, and she love school. Like they canceled school this past week and she was very upset that they canceled it. Um, She is a five-year-old who is very strong, um, an independent child who likes to be in charge of things. And I have no idea where she got that from. Um, At school, they have this thing that's called the leader. Uh, She loves to be the leader. They get to lead the line. They get to do other fun things where she gets to be the one in charge. And man, that's her jam. She's good at it, or at least she thinks she is. And she is so, like, self-aware. I don't know how I've tra- uh, taught a five-year-old to be self-aware, but I remember a few months ago, she said, Mom, if I am not the leader that day, you need to bring me a snack, because I'm going to be hungry. 
But if I am the leader, I don't need a snack because I'm going to be happy. <laughs> I'm like, if that's not the definition of hangry, like, man, that girl, self-aware. Well, a few weeks ago, it was about a month ago, she, had, she hadn't been the leader for like three weeks. There's 13 kids in her class, so that's understandable. Everybody gets a turn. Uh, and every day she would come to me before she goes to school and she's like, Mom, I hope I'm the leader today. And I'm like, I hope you are too. I hope you get it. And every day I'd ask her when, we, when I'd pick her up and I'd say, so were you the leader? She'd be like, no, Elijah was. <laughs> and I'd say, well, you got to be happy. Elijah's your friend. He got to do something. And she's like, mom, I am happy, but I still want to be the leader. Oh my gosh, this girl, lots of attitude. But it was Wednesday last week, the week before. And shit, this kid, she was losing hope that she was ever going to be the leader again. She looks at me and she's like, Mom, I'm never going to be the leader. She had been waiting three weeks. I mean, I understand. And she is her mother's daughter. And patience is a fruit of the spirit that that we got to tend to a lot. But sure enough, Friday came. Last Friday, I pick her up from grandma's and this girl is all smiles. She got to be the leader that day. And man, that girl did not need a snack to make her happy that day. While patience and faith, while patience is a large part of waiting for things, so is faith. Brinley had almost lost faith that she was ever going to be the leader in preschool again. The same is true for Abraham. Abraham had almost lost faith in this, in this story. See, there are about five chapters that we didn't read in between 16 and 21. And in chapter, or 15 and 21, and in chapter 16, right after God gave him this grand promise of making him the, the father of all nations and, the, and have as many descendants as a star in the sky, two verses in to chapter 16, Abraham and Sarah are talking and Sarah goes, God has kept me from having children, so go sleep with my servant and get a son through her. I mean, granted, this was 10 years after the, the promise at 75, but still, Abraham had heard directly from God. Directly. But he didn't think that God was going to keep the promise he made 10 years ago, so he took things in his own hands and did his own way. Now, that, that sounds familiar. That hurts my heart, and I, I hope I'm not the only one that hasn't had situations like that before. But Psalm 27 I read that and it says this. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. It takes strength. And it takes a heck of a lot of faith to wait on God. To know that his plan and his will and his timing are far greater than anything we can create and we can produce. And he does, and having the faith that he does answer the prayers of the believers, he does. If we want our prayers answered... The second hard expectation is that our prayers must be aligned with God's will. If we want our prayers answered, our prayers must be aligned 
with God's will. See, prayer isn't about making the things we selfishly want to happen in this world. It's about making us want what God wants. Prayer isn't about making the things that we selfishly want to happen in this world. It's about making us want what God wants. God's will for our life is to know him in a personal way and for him to change us through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we encounter God, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in your daily reading of the Bible, whether it's in worship in here, through a sermon, whatever it is, whenever you encounter God, you should not remain unchanged. So if we continually come to God and come before him and come again with our selfish wants and what we think we need and what we think we want and never ask him what his will is for our life or the lives around us, then we have not submitted our will to him. I want you guys to take a look at these contrasting prayers. Prayer one, God, I pray that I can make a lot of money for my family. Seems good. Let's look at two. God, I pray that you use me to provide for my family. Provide us what we need. See, when you look at these two, at first glance, they look similar. They're kind of asking the same thing. But then again, they aren't. See, the first one's asking for money for their family. But the second one is asking God to provide them what they need to provide them what God's will is. Maybe it is money. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a house. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's the faith to get through the day. They're asking him to provide for the family and provide us what we need. These prayers seem different, but there is different motivation behind these two prayers. Paul shows us in Romans 12 the way we should think and the way we should motivate. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Everything we do is for God. Offering ourselves as an, as a, to him. I mean, we just saying new wine. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want to be. To not think like the world, but offer ourselves to him. When we sing those words, did you mean it? We are supposed to align our thinking with his will not only in our prayer life, but in the entirety of our lives, we are to align ourselves with God's will. His will is perfect. His will is greater than our own. We may think we know best, but in all reality, the creator of the universe and the creator of you and me knows better than we ever will. This is why we pray prayers that are aligned with him. Jesus taught us that in John 14. And it says, I, he says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Whatever we ask, if it's truly in the name of Jesus Christ, it will be done. If we align ourselves with God, 
then we can have confidence to ask for things that we desire because the things that we desire are then the things that God desires. If your heart is so aligned with Jesus, then you will have the same desires that God has. Prayer is a two-way conversation. It's not a place where we do all the talking and bring all these things to God, but no listening and never expecting that God will answer you. If you continue to ask for things, but don't ask what God wants from you, you need to reevaluate your prayer life. James 4.3 says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Proverbs 28.9 says, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. So maybe... Before we pray in alignment with God's will, we need to read the scriptures to actually know what God's will is. In Exodus, Moses was on the mountain with God, receiving the commands, and he just brought his people out of Egypt. Just brought them. And Joshua's hanging out with them, and they're getting bored, waiting on Moses and waiting on God, and like, gosh, We need something to worship. So they build a golden cow and they worship that and think that golden cow brought them out of Egypt. So God's sitting up there with Moses and he's like, Moses, go check on your people. You see, God knows that we need constant connection, not only with him, but the people in our lives to stay faithful. And you can read that with the will of his word. Or if you're praying for a friend, which many of us do, you need to look at how Jesus treated his friend. If you're going to truly pray for your friend, you need to treat your friend like Jesus treated his friends. On the last night of Jesus' life, before he went to the most excruciating death, he got down on his knees and served his friends. If you're praying for your friends, would you be willing to do that for them? Our prayers will become more real more ingrained and more powerful if we are praying prayers that are aligned with the will of God. Your prayers, you will start seeing them answered. If all of Marian Methodists, all of us, were to make the commitment today to be purposeful with our prayers, to seek out wisdom in scripture and pray prayers that are aligned in God's heart, what would that do to our community? What do you think the power of God would do? Do you believe that the power of God and the saving hands of God could rain down mercy on the city of Marion? Do you think that could be his will? You see, if we were at camp, if we were at summer games right now, this is what I would do, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you a picture of Marion right now. This is the city of Marion. It's big. Lots of people. Also, a lot of people that don't know Jesus. We, as a body, in this room and on the screen, are going to say a prayer over Marion. We are going to repeat it until I say amen. I'm going to say it first, so a prayer is going to show up on the screen. I'm going to say it, and then when I start saying it again, you'll join in with me with your voices, and we're going to keep saying it until I say amen. So here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, Make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. 
Dear Lord Jesus, make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. Dear Lord Jesus, make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. Dear Lord Jesus, make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. Dear Lord Jesus, make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. Amen. We said it. We just prayed this prayer. If this prayer is a passion of your heart. If God was speaking to you in the moment that you were saying this prayer, I want you to take a picture of this slide. I want you to take a picture of this slide and I want you to continue to say this prayer every day. I want you to repeat it throughout the day. Take a picture if you mean it. And if you do, if you pray it, if you pray it every day, I want you to tell me what happens. In a month from now, March 7th, I want you to send me an email, give me a text, send me a, give me a call, and I want to see how this prayer has not only changed you over the past month, but how have you seen Marion change since you started to say this prayer? This is our responsibility. His will for you is that you accept the call of being a disciple and taking on the heart that is God's heart. His two greatest commandments are love God and love people. And there's a lot of people in this world to love. And then we need to pray powerful prayers for the redemption of his people, like the one we just prayed. But if you start praying these prayers, you start praying these prayers and pray them in faith, and pray them aligned with God's will, you better be ready for him to answer you. That's our third expectation. Pray prayers with expectation. One of my favorite modern day parables uh, comes from a sermon that um, Mike preached actually a couple years ago. There was a preacher uh, living in a small farming town. And this town, man, it was hurting. Their crops were starting to die because they haven't received rain in a long time. So the preacher, trying to think about how to love his people and love the community, he called all the farmers he knew in his congregation. And he's like, hey, meet at the church tonight, 7 p.m. We're having a prayer meeting and we're praying for rain. And we're going to pray till the rain comes. So he calls the farmers. The farmers come. They start walking into the church at 7 p.m. They start walking into the church. It's actually probably like 640 because, you know, they're always early. So they start walking in one by one. And as they walk in, the preacher starts getting angrier and angrier. Why would he get angry? These people are showing up. And when they're all there, the preacher stands up and he looks at them and he's like, none of you brought umbrellas. If you're going to sit there and pray for rain, you better expect it to rain. If you're going to be intentional with your prayers, remain faithful in the waiting and pray prayers that are aligned with God's will, but not expect him to answer them, well, then take that leap of faith. God answers prayers, so look for it. Listen. 
Remember the prayer that we just all prayed together. If you pray for that, expect him to answer it. If you ask God to help you share the gospel with someone today, he will put someone in your path and you better be ready to share the gospel. If you pray to be a better mother or father to your children that he gifted you with, God's going to give you opportunities to do that with your kids. So look for them. If you pray, if you pray that there be less empty bellies in the city of Marion, then get ready to sign up for Fly or to go to Aldi or Walmart or Hy-Vee and go get a bunch of soup to drop off here for the Marion food pantry. That's your prayer. Be ready for the answer. Our expectation of prayer is that God will answer prayers that are aligned with his will and on his time. Prayer isn't about making the things that we selfishly want to happen. It's about making us want what God wants. Because God's way is always better than our way. To end this service, to end where we're at in worship, I want us to join in and saying that prayer that we said earlier together. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to repeat it until I say amen. There's something that, that Simon often says. He's like, we're going to sing it until you mean it. So we're going to pray it until you'll mean it. Let's pray. Join me with your voices. Dear Lord Jesus, make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. Dear Lord Jesus, make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. Dear Lord Jesus, make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. Dear Lord Jesus, Make everyone in Marion aware of your presence. Make them aware to the guidance of your Holy Spirit and your grace. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful day. Stay warm not only today, but this week. And I pray, I pray that your prayers are powerful prayers. Amen. <laughs>